Brandon Brands. Hey everybody, it's Yvonne with AskEvie.com. And if you want to build a brand that matters, you should be listening to Brands on Brands on Brands with my good friend, Brandon Bergmeier. Go check it out now. In a world where advertising is ignored, business is exposed, and the only constant is change. How do you build a brand that matters? Welcome to Brands on Brands on Brands, a home for those who think different and push their boundaries. This is where branding that matters lives. Now, here's your host, Brandon Berkmeyer. Hey everyone, today on the show, happy to bring to you Yvonne Hyman, also known as Ask Evie. You'll get to know her a little bit better today. She's the CEO of Pacific Crest Media, which specializes in marketing, website design, and public relations. Also the owner and mentor at Ask Evie, which is about business efficiency consulting, and she'll tell you what that's about. And really, she's just one of those people that is doing what she can to help entrepreneurs figure out how to make their businesses work harder for them as opposed to working them, you know, them working so hard for their businesses. She uh, talks constantly about bulletproofing your business, which I think a lot of us could learn. You know, if something happens, how do you get out there and make sure your business can run without you while you're putting out other fires? So a lot of good information in there today about how she thinks you can do that with your business and also how she built her brand through leveraging relationships and community and really listening to her customers. So I hope you guys like our show today. Thanks. Brandon Brands. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today, we welcome Yvonne Hyman, also known as Ask Evie. Very excited to have her today. Evie and I had a funny meeting in that uh, <laughs> we were at, a, at the same conference together and we're kind of thrown together as an unlikely pair. And in the first minute of meeting each other, we're thrown onto a live video to, to do an interview with zero context. And just luckily, Evie has the personality where she can just start having a conversation about anything. And she led the conversation. She asked the question. So now I get to flip the script a little, little bit. So I'm excited about that. So welcome to the show today. Thanks for having me. And let's see how that goes. Like now, it's, it's really simple to just jump into a conversation. As long as you are interested in a person, you're always going to come up with a couple questions. So I don't think it's that difficult. Right. Well, and this is perfect for me because I am still getting to know you. We are just kind of starting to interact in each other's worlds a little bit. Uh, you tend to, like your expertise tends to be in really helping entrepreneurs kind of figure out their business and, and how to get that to be more efficient. And I'd like you to explain that a little bit more. And on my side of it, it's like the branding and the marketing, but you also do a lot of that. So I, I am interested if you could talk to the, the people a little bit about like what in a nutshell you do for entrepreneurs and in your business. How many hours do we got? <laughs> no, what I do is I look at the whole business and I try to find the most efficient way to run it. That's in a nutshell what I do, but it does involve pretty much every single piece of your business. So as you mentioned, yes, I'm involved with the branding piece too, because as you know from the Facebook Live I had with you, branding can save people time and money. So we need to look at that too. Then we look at internal processes. We look at workflows. We look at the technology that people are using. We look at team management. So I'm pretty much becoming a project manager for your business. I look at all the moving pieces. I make sure all those moving pieces talk with each other. 
and that they connect efficiently with each other. And then we bring in technology to make your life easier. Now, and why, how did you acquire these skills? Like what was like, this is, that doesn't sound like the funnest thing in the world to figure out. Like the systems is the thing that scares me the most, (laughs) but how did you get familiar with that? Like what drove you down this, this road, like to make you like this person that can, that can do these things? On one side, I probably have it in my genetics because I love systems. That's, that's just the German in me. I think we are kind of pre-depositioned for that. Just ask the boyfriend. I literally have a way to put things into my dishwasher and I get mad if it's not done that way. But on the other hand, too, the, the real passion for what I call bulletproofing businesses, meaning making them self-sustainable, that happened, yeah, it's been now four or five years where I really drilled down on that topic. My late husband got diagnosed with cancer, which pretty much made me a full-time caretaker for him, which on the opposite side meant I had to slow down my business. I handed off clients to associates of mine, so my clients are taken care of, but I didn't have the things in place. I'm like, I had planned on, you know, the whole thing everybody always tells you, the residual income and, and passive income, which by the way is a lie. Nothing is really passive. Um, I had a couple of things in place, but I wasn't even close to my business being self-sustainable. So with his passing, I had to start over. There was no life insurance. There was barely any clients left because I was on hiatus for two years. I just had to completely start over yet again. And that's when I, when I was like, we're not doing this again. First of all, I'm going to build my business in a way that I can leave it behind and it can work in itself and it's self-sustainable and it's not just me doing everything. But I also want to prep other people for their business to be bulletproof. So when life just hits the fan, you can leave your business without everything just crumbling apart, without not making income anymore. And heck, if you get lucky and life never hits you over the head, you can go on vacation, just put your feet in the ocean and be happy. Oh, I think that so many entrepreneurs out there could can totally relate to that. I'm sure that most businesses, you know, they do rely on that certain person if they haven't built those systems into the place. So I'm sure it's a, a super valuable part of it. But maybe you could take me a little bit back to like young Evie when she was building a business for the first time. Like what, what were you doing? Oh my God. Way back when in Germany, I was actually an electrician. But I think that goes a little bit far back. Um, after I came to the States, I had started out again, just working in hospitality. It's the easiest way to grab foot in, in whatever country. Then though, really fast started to work alongside, uh, my late husband, he had a videographer business. So there was need always there for social media. And I had to learn really fast. I am not a social media manager coming up with content and coming up with those Facebook posts is not my thing. But the technology behind it, the scheduling, the making it efficient, using evergreen content and all those things, I was already like playing around and how can I make this easier and not have to do it five times over and reuse stuff. So I was already playing with the technology at that point. I then found my passion for web design, went through multiple iterations, multiple tools, ended up loving WordPress because I can nerd out and code 
and the client still can work and have an easy usable interface. So that has that had paid the bills for the longest time. And with that, I've always, throughout all of those years, I always looked at how can I run something the most efficient way? I will literally spend weeks testing a tool, playing around with it, making sure it works how I want it to work just to save time in the future. So initially, I will waste hours and hours and I'm that Chinese syndrome of, ooh, a new tool, let's go play with it. I will test things and do things and how do they talk with each other? How can I connect them? And I, I literally will spend weeks testing those. But that also puts me in a situation to make the right decision for my clients. They can come to me and they can be like, hey, this is how my brain process works. This is how I approach issues. This is how I approach task lists or getting things done. Or these are the tools that I already use because I'm constantly testing and doing with everything. I know exactly how they talk with each other. How can we connect them so you don't have to do things over again? How things work for certain personality types and brain patterns. For everybody that follows my YouTube channel, I'm really, really, really down on the right tool for the right person. We all have a certain perception of things. We all use things a different way. Um, one of the common things is the whole Trello versus Asana when it comes to project management, the, the list view versus the, the more visual creative view. So long story short, I really believe that the right tool is the one you actually use. So I love helping people make that decision because I did test them all and because I am one of those crossover people. I'm completely type A list person and I'm still the visual creative person. So I do understand both ways of doing things. All right, yeah. So when you're talking about, you know, like you mentioned the Trello versus Asana and it's okay to keep short stories long here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the, the, the question I have is, is there something that you see like that's consistently something that you're you're having to get people to to do different or to realize like what's something that keeps coming up that you help people with because i am in that area of productivity um people fight a lot of they have a they're fighting a lot around really planning your day especially with us being entrepreneurs self employment there's a reason we went here. We didn't want a boss tell us what the heck to do at six o'clock in the morning. But you need to plan your day. You need to plan your week. You need to lay out your year. When you start out, you don't have to plan your year. Don't, you don't have to go that crazy. But the second year in, you should lay out your year. What are your goals? What are your plans? Cut those down in quarterly goals. Cut those down in monthly plans and cut those down in habits. I know it sounds crazy and it sounds like a lot but you're not going to get anything done if you don't plan. I literally just had tech issues yesterday and it took everything out. And today I'm sitting here of, what do I actually need to do? I am in a more reactive state today as we are recording here than I should be. If you are proactive, you save yourself a lot of brain power because you don't have to think about what to do next. It's kind of like having a GPS that tells you exactly where to go. So planning your day and knowing, okay, I need to get this done and this done and this done, and then having your processes and workflows laid out 
gives your brain so much space to just do rather than trying to figure out what you have to do. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I mean, distraction has got to be one of the biggest things, especially if you're starting out or you're in the middle of a business, it's got to be one of the biggest time killers of your of your day, especially if you don't have a plan ahead of you. It's uh, honestly getting six months into my, to my thing. It was like, what am I doing today? Like, I, you know, having even the, the time wasted thinking about what the plan was for the day was was a big waste and distraction. And then you get sucked into the things that are easier that are right in front of you. So I totally appreciate that you have to have a plan. I, I picked up a planner myself, but you have a planner too, right? You've, you've built something out there. Is that new or is that out yet? Yes, it's out. It's, it's one of those things. It's like, yeah, I just didn't have enough to do. So I just manufactured a planner. Yeah, when all of that came down and I had to refocus, I had bought a couple of planners and it's like, dude, it's no, who three month goal planner. So with not being happy what's on the market, I decided to build my own. So I built the Bulletproof Business Planner, had a couple other name iterations talk about branding. We finally found the right branding for the planner. And it combines all the things we know we as an entrepreneur should do but often don't do. So it helps lay out those goals, develop habits. And it's been on the market for the last two years. And we are actually releasing the 2.0 version where all of my users got to chime in and do some changes and making it even more efficient now. That Indiegogo campaign is going to start as my birthday present on June 26th. Perfect. And just since we're talking about it, usually I do this towards a little bit towards the end, but I'd love to, where can people find that if they're like thinking about it right now? The easiest one is shop.askeb.com or it links also straight through my website at askeb.com. If you look for the Bulletproof Business Planner, you'll find it. And links are right there. On the store itself, there is also a link for the Bulletproof Business Planner 2.0 signup list. Now, what projects are you kind of really excited about right now? Is that the big one or are there other things going on? Like what are you, what's your, what's your, your, your year look like? That is the next, next big one coming up. But what I'm just in general excited about is having found my home and my branding. I know behind the scenes, we've been talking a lot about branding and with me being the cursing German I am, it took me a while publicly to get comfortable in that personality. Growing up, I had a lot of people around me that I was just too much for. I just, I am who I am. I'm finally happy with that. And my brand has grown alongside that. So that's, that's a big, exciting thing for me right now, moving from mandalas and fluffy colors to Wonder Woman, strong red and orange colors. And just, it's my personality. When you, when you get that feedback of, oh my God, that's so you, you know, you finally made it. Now, I'd love to, to kind of walk down this road with you like, and, and talk a little bit about branding. I mean, you've built a business based on relationships and based on people. And I know you have a community that you, that you run and that you're really interactive with. Maybe we could talk a little bit about that. Like, how did you find your way in terms of your community and your customers? Like, where, what's that, that model for you in terms of how you interact with them? Interestingly, there is no real model behind it. Um, once I had to recoup and rebuild everything, um, I've restarted everything up literally just by contacting past clients and be like, hey, I'm back in business, send me work kind of thing. And then I just listen. 
So where, what are the issues that people are having? What are the things that I repetitively do? What are things that I research? I literally just listen. I just follow where life takes me. That's how everything came about. And then just trying to build that community, trying to build that tribe. Interestingly, I don't have many of local nerdy friends. I have the girlfriends to go drink, but not the ones to nerd out or, you know, when you go have a drink and everybody pulls out their phone and takes images and it's just totally normal and you're not feeling weird. I don't have many of those friends locally, but I have them all over the place. So I wanted to find a way to still feel home with them, to still have a community, even if I can't just go across the street and have a drink with them. So in doing that now, for me, like the brand really starts with your reputation. So when, and and those customers that say great things about you, do you remember your first paying customer when you got back into this, uh, who they were, who said yes, and was like willing to jump right back in? You know, interestingly, not specific one. I was lucky enough to jump right back in and be able to pay my bills. So it wasn't just one that came. There was a handful of people right away. And I believe, and I hope I'm right on that one, is because of my reputation. As you mentioned, brand is not just about a look. It's about a feel. It's about a reputation that you're giving. And I deliver. I might not just always be on time. Web designers kind of have the tendency to be a day late. But I do deliver. People can count on me. If you are messaging me at 10 p.m. on my Facebook page and I'm awake, you're going to get an answer. And you're going to get an honest answer and you're going to get a straight up answer. If you have a problem with somebody cursing, you might not want to talk to me because when I get passionate, there is an F-bomb that drops once in a while. but if you ask me for my opinion, you're going to get a straight opinion and not just a, this is what you should use because I use it. And that's, that's what people like me for. So how do you maintain that, that communication, that, that get that feedback that you need to get? Uh, how do you encourage that open relationship uh, so that customers are, you, that you actually get what you need from them and you're getting the right feedback. How, what's your pro, what do you do for that? Are you ask, you just asking a lot of questions? Are you jumping on the phone? Like what's your, what do you do? I literally just ask questions. So, um, an interesting example that just happened on my YouTube channel, I talk a lot about ClickUp. It's a project management tool and a lot of people are discovering it right now, which means a lot of people end up on my videos And there was one follower who was like, hey, I'm having this specific issue. Can you show me how to do that? Maybe make another YouTube video or something. And I'm like, hey, I got a video. Then I realized I didn't do a screen share. So I'm like, hey, you know what? Just Facebook message my my, um, Ask Evie page. And we jumped on. And I literally just jumped off a coffee chat with him half an hour ago. And we went through ClickUp. And I showed him here, this is how I'm doing. I wouldn't do it that way. And I just tell people, just message me. I might not always get back to you right away just because I'm recording videos, I'm traveling with a boyfriend or whatever's happening. But I want this conversation with you because you are also helping me. I am horrible at figuring out what people need. I am horrible at guesstimating it. So when you ask me questions... I know what to talk about. I, I am better bouncing off of somebody and having that idea what to talk about than just coming up with it myself. So you're also helping me. 
Yeah. And how do you scale that? I mean, that takes, that sounds like a lot of personal time that you got to put in. I'm trying to think of the entrepreneurs out there that want to get customer feedback, but you know, may not have the time to talk to every customer that has a question. Like what's the, you know, what, what's the approach there? You need to set boundaries. There's definitely that. Usually I don't have problem or any mean feedback when I say, Hey, got to run. I got work to do, but I also have a tool in my back pocket that helps me rather than me having to jump from one channel to the next or Instagram, Instagram stories, and then Facebook and then YouTube and all of these and trying to track all of those. I love using a go up holds with the inbox zero where it literally just funnels all of those conversations into one spot. And I don't suddenly end up on Facebook two hours later browsing kitty videos. So it's the combination of having a good tool in your corner that helps you simplify those conversations and having it on one spot, as well as setting boundaries. Yes, I want that conversation. And if it becomes too much in a Facebook chat, I send them over to my Facebook group. Let's make this public so other people can see it and they can learn from it too. So yeah, boundaries and just the right tools. Now, I, th- I think a lot of people could relate to this idea that, you know, you are your brand, which it sounds like you kind of had to get comfortable with that idea and figuring out like what that was all about and being true to it. So maybe you can just like, tell me a story about when you were figuring out like how you represent yourself and in this world of social media and communities and being your own brand, when did, was there something that changed in your mind where you started doing things differently? Because you're, you're putting yourself out there now pretty, you know, like pretty effectively. So I always wanted to be on stage. I like, I like the attention that I get. I'm an attention hawk. I don't have a problem admitting that. And as long as somebody wanted me on their show, whatever, I never had a problem going public. Internally, it was the, am I doing this right? Is that really me? Do I get to curse? Do I not get to curse? Which is often a big point. And with that insecurity of being me, I knew who I am, but I had the insecurity of putting that publicly with people that knew me. They have always seen that. But the public face with that insecurity, we also had the same issues in my branding, meaning when you go through my brand reiterations, there are some things where you think, oh, my God, what the heck was she thinking? And then I worked with Cheryl Springer, a friend of mine. She's like, Chica, the whole teal, peach, and Mandela is just not you at all. And my little micromanager over here made her life a living hell for about a month and told her, I still want to keep this. And I spent money on implementing that. And I completely micromanaged her. And we both ended up with a visual brand that was like, that's still not you. This is not, no. And at that point, I was like, okay, girl. Sorry to say that, but you need to learn how to tell your clients no, because somebody like me is going to come around again. They know Photoshop and they're going to tell you how to do your job. You can't do that because you cannot deliver your best product when I tell you how to do your job. And that's when I let her run with it. And that's when the first um, iteration of my logo came about with the red, the orange, the bold colors, the, the youngness and the strongness of it. And then, um, and that with Easel took that just a couple of weeks ago. 
um, I had reached out to her and I'm like, okay, I really want to bring that Wonder Woman image into my logo. I want an icon. I need one visual that's not the written name or something. I need an icon with my branding. I just wanted to have that. And reached out to her if they have any idea of how I could combine my Wonder Woman imagery that goes with my brand into that icon. And they then took what Cheryl had done and implemented that with the Wonder Woman piece. And that's where we ended up where I am today. And suddenly it's this people, how do I say that? First of all, as I mentioned, the reaction of, yes, this is you. That is really cool to get. But people also um, giving the right feedback and I'm finding the right people and I'm talking more to the right clients because I feel home now, because the brand is the right. Because I say, you know what? You're going to get to wine for a day, but then I'm going to kick your booty and we go get some shit done again. Because I tell people that because I feel comfortable doing that, I suddenly have the right clients. I have the people I want to work with, the people that I'm passionate about and that love working with me. Well, and since you've gotten that brand figured out, you also, I think, you know, that's the visual element you're talking a lot about, but also there's this idea of your voice. I mean, not your physical voice. This is a podcast. People will hear that and that's a brand in itself, but your actual perspective, the, the things you say, the things that you put out there when you're speaking on stages, how did you find that? Like, where did that come from? And what do you tend to focus on in your talks? That how I present myself is literally how my friends knew me. And I just now feel comfortable doing it on stage because my brand has become home. Because suddenly everything works together and and it just clicks. It's just me. It just I think a big piece of that is personal growth. When I look at how brands evolve, especially personal brands evolve. It's personal growth. It's getting comfortable with who you are. It's getting comfortable to say no. It's getting comfortable to curse on stage and tell your event that that's going to happen. So I think brand in itself, when it is a personal brand like ours, is also just personal growth and getting to the point of, you know what? I'm a grown-up now. This is who I am. You either way can take it and go on this journey with me. Well, I'm not the right one. There's enough other people out there. Well, yeah. And I, I think there's a bit of vulnerability uh, or a lot of vulnerability you have to be able to have if you're going to put yourself out there and tell your story uh, in a way that connects with people. H- have you always had that or is that something you had to find? I was always an overshower. It's, if somebody asked me something, there is, especially going on podcasts or shows or whatever, people often ask, is there something you don't want to talk about? especially with me being a widow and the the cancer and the health and all of that stuff that comes with it. I'm like, you want to know something? I'm here. I'm an open book, whatever it is. It's like from funny topics to disgusting topics. I've always been an open book. If you ask me, you're always going to get an answer. Perfect. And so when you are on stages and you're talking to people, what is the thing that they tend to want to hear? What do you tend to talk about? What's your message? All of my topics, no matter if it's tools, if it's organization, if it's efficiency, it all comes down to what I sum up in bulletproof business, meaning mindset changes. How can we grow ourselves and evolve ourselves to be more efficient, to not have those blocks of, oh my God, how the hell am I going to do this? To technology on how to run your business more efficiently all with the end goal in mind that I want you to live your life now. 
Yes, we love our business. Yes, we do this because we are passionate about it. But there are so many other things that we are passionate about. So many um, locations we want to see, travels we want to do, things we want to experience. And I don't want you to put it off to tomorrow because we don't know if tomorrow is going to be there. What I want to ask is if you could tell me about some wins and losses you've had when marketing your business, not just in building it, but when actually getting people to find out about it. With the Bulletproof Business Planner 2.0 coming up, there was a big, big downfall when I started all of this. And it's still a struggle. I still have days where I'm like, why the heck am I doing this? Manufacturing in China? Who came up with that idea? First time around, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to be the next big planner. I'm going to take them all out of business and this is going to be the next big one. When the Kickstarter campaign and it just snoozed, no marketing budget, no nothing. It's like, but yeah, the planner is so awesome. It's going to sell itself. Not when you don't have a following and you can't get the word out. Not really. So initially, when I launched that, we went through a Kickstarter campaign. We went through a Indiegogo campaign, an all or nothing campaign. And I was so determined, I'm going to make this planner happen no matter what. I switched to a third campaign run on Indiegogo that was, okay, it's going to happen no matter what. So it wasn't an all or nothing campaign. It was a, we got to manufacture that no matter what. If we don't hit the goal, I'm going to pay for it. And I did pay for it. I was afraid doing another campaign. So going back to Indiegogo, which I like better as a platform than Kickstarter, but that's a different story. I was like, why, why am I doing this? We completely crashed and burned the last time. But I learned some of my lessons and I have a bigger following. I have a lot of people that really, really love the planner that have been involved too on redoing it and redesigning it. And I hope that all the things I learned the last time will help me this time. And I think community is, is huge. And you've built this community on Facebook, which is different than your client community, right? You have that. Like, how did that start? The, the Society of Superpreneurs, which is a Facebook group, but also more than that, it's a community and it's, you know, your kind of space. Uh, how did that come to be? That is a good question. I think I initially started the group out as a help group for the planner because there are so many features in the planner itself. Um, there were a lot of questions. How do I use this or how do I do that? And I think initially I started the Facebook group out for that to be an additional support because I didn't want it to just be like, here's your planner, go run with it. I want to be there and help you to actually put it to use because the best tool is the one you actually use. And it, from there on, it just went its own way and just trying to make life easier and, and be a resource to people. The, uh, one of the things that I always hate with a passion is the crowdsourcing information. If you look at one of those big Facebook groups and it's, should I go with Mac or Windows? And you're going to spend the next five days getting notifications from people literally just throwing what they like rather than asking the questions to give an educated information, to give an, an educated tip on what to use. That's where my group started out growing where I'm like, okay, let's, let's really look at what people need and not just throw the tool that I love at them. Yeah, well, I think I've kind of stumbled across the same thing where I think, you know, you finding your tribe, it's different than you just blasting information out on social media. 
finding people that want to interact that don't just join a group and then never engage uh, has been important. And, uh, you know, in, in discovering that, I think you've, you're like, oh, there's this group of people, we can all work with each other. And the group kind of has its own life uh, in itself. So I think there's value in building community outside of your, even your customer base, uh, just people that are interested in genuinely in the topics that you uh, are curating. Uh, it has been super, is, is important in building your brand uh, overall, because your brand is, is that group of people that, that are perceiving you. So I think that you've got something special there that you're growing as well. So, you know, kudos to you on that one for sure. I just got to do it. I'm like, that's, that's one of the big things. I tend to be an overthinker and an overtalker, not that we know anything about that, but you just got to do it. There is no way of figuring out if something is working or not, or what do you need to adjust if you don't do it? You can play 10,000 different variations in your head, but you're never going to figure that out till you actually do it. So just, just go do it. Just go grab a mic, start recording a podcast, go grab a, grab your iPhone, start recording videos and plug them on YouTube. The only way you're going to learn it is when you do it. Well, what I like is that it also, they don't have to be customers to be people that are giving you feedback and ideas, just the conversations you can have that help you like come up with solutions. I've decided I'm building the brand first and the business second, which people would probably think I'm just out of my mind. But in building a community, I get to ask questions like, what are you, you know, like, what are you struggling with? What are you up against? Uh, not to like a broad group of people that don't know me, but to, a, to people that actually want to answer and will be honest about what's going on in their business with me. And through that, I could say, well, okay, I could build something like that for you uh, and figure that out. And I think that, that a lot of people don't think about that when they build community. They're thinking of like an advertising medium instead of something that they could use to create, you know? So I think it's smart that you have a community there, but also that, you know, there's a lot of value in, in, that, in that feedback. Uh, what I want to ask is, what is, what's a good source of new customers for your business? All of my new customers are pretty much either way referral if it is local, but most of them online. Um, literally, the call this morning came through YouTube. I have another potential coaching client that came through a Facebook group because I was honest, somebody was looking for a coach and I'm like, coach is a right category. What, what do you need help with? So I did exactly what I tell people to do. I asked the question of, okay, what do you really need? need? And then I brought up my personality where I'm like, okay, certain clients are already out of the, the question because I'm going to curse and I'm going to call out your BS. And because I put that post on there, again, found a potential client that I am going to be talking with this afternoon and see where that takes me. And it's just, getting out there. People need to know you are awesome. They, I think there's a Forbes, um, I had a Forbes article here at some point where it's like, it doesn't matter how awesome you are if people don't know. With social media nowadays, yes, we can reach everybody, but yes, we also can easily drown in everybody else's content. So you need to be you. And I know that's easy said now that I'm on the other side of this coin. You need to be you and you need to be out there help people, talk with people, have those conversations, what I call vitamin B, meaning people that know people that refer you, that trust you, that send you people is more important now than it was in East Germany. And believe me, we needed people just to get bananas in East Germany. But building those communities is priceless nowadays. So I have a, a question for you. And this, you know, the show is called Brands on Brands on Brands, uh, but I'll ask you to be honest 
Uh, do you believe that branding or selling is more important long-term to a business and why? In my opinion, branding is more important than selling because if you talk the talk and you walk the walk and you show people who you are and you show people how you help them, you sell in itself. If you are the used car sales down the road and be like, here's this and here's that and buy this and buy that, you're going to have a problem because we are inundated with ads and sales pitches everywhere. Don't forget to plug your things. You need to let people know they can hire you and they can buy from you, but you don't have to be in their face. Plug it into a conversation. Mention that you do have clients. How will you solve your clients' issues? Tell the story and don't shove people, your products down the road, down the throat. Don't. Well, and how has branding been important for you personally in, your, in the growth of your business? It makes my life easier because, as I mentioned, with, with finding my personality in my brand and all of this now being one, I know who to talk to. I don't have to spend a thousand coffee chats to figure out who is the right client. The right clients are already attracted to me because of my personality, because how I talk, because what I do. And it just makes life easier. It makes my running my business more efficient. Now, I think a lot of people could relate to this. How do you stay relevant? Because you know, I think you're in a pretty competitive space overall. But within your niche, within your your community, how do you find ways to stay relevant to them? I'm going to challenge a couple of people here. In my opinion, you don't need to stay quote relevant. You don't need to stay on top and with all the newest fancy things. It comes back around to a relationship. People need to be able to trust you. If they can trust you, they're going to come back around and you can figure out that new tool that they want to use or the new way of how Facebook advertising is working. You can do all of that. You can learn all of that. That's not a big deal. You don't have to stay on the bleeding edge of everything. It comes down to people having trust in you. It's you. It's your personality. It's you delivering as you promised. Right. And, I, and we've talked about this before. It's, it's funny that you know, a lot of people focus on the new trends and then you know, launching new products and staying ahead of tech. But it, what it comes down to, if you want to keep a customer coming back, the number one thing for loyalty is a meaningful connection or that shared, that shared meaning. And, and that's through communication. That's through those experiences that you guys have together. So I, I would completely agree with uh, what you're saying there. And I do want to hear it. So if you had customers that, you know, that you're connected with, what's a good testimonial for, for you? If someone's like, if, if you were working with them, what would you want them to say about you? What would I want them to say about me? She helped me kick ass. Yep, that's pretty much what it comes down to. That they just can trust me. That, it, that to me is the biggest compliment that I can ask for. Somebody that trusts me that knows, okay, I can just call her up. It doesn't matter. And she's just going to give it to me straight up. That is the biggest compliment to me. And now that you've been through it all, if, if there's someone upcoming behind you that's starting a business for the first time, or they're, you know, they're a year or so into their entrepreneurial experience and they have to start from scratch or say you're starting from scratch in a new city, what would you do first to build this, this kind of thing that you're building now? Coffee houses. As much as I am a web designer and you need your online presence and you need all of those things, don't get me wrong, I completely agree. But go on Meetup, go into coffee houses, whatever you need to do and literally just connect with people. It is, it is, it comes back around. It's all about the tribe. 
I have seen photographers build a six-figure business on a Facebook page. No website, no nothing, not even business cards, just a Facebook page. You can make it happen, but you can't do it alone. And stop fighting it so hard. We, when we start out, it seems to be like we are fighting everything. People tell us, just be yourself. And you're fighting it for three years till you're finally at and suddenly everything clicks. So just stop fighting so hard. Go with the flow. Awesome. Well, and as we're coming towards the back end here of the, the podcast, uh, some quick hitter questions for you. First, I'd love to know what brands are Evie obsessed with right now? Interestingly, I'm usually not obsessed with brands. I'm obsessed with customer support or people that I'm connected with. But having said that, with all of that in mind, I do love to go on polls because of a lot of that. I do love ClickUp. And just because I need a new laptop, Asus is one of the brands I love too because they always deliver quality. Okay. So outside of work, because that's fair, because we're very work you know, into people. What around the house, like things just in your daily life, do you, uh, do you love that you just, you're all about? Let me look around here. So we're going to be nerdy again too, because it just is, I am nerdy because we got my Google Home Mini right there. We got my Canon, Canon camera right there with a road mic. It's, I am a nerd. I love my QA coffee maker though. Talk about, talk about simple, easy coffee. Ikea, my storage bed, I hate wasting room, just like as much as I hate wasting money or time. I have one of those storage beds. Oh my God, yes. Ikea, I could spend hours in there. And yes, I know how to put it together too. <laughs> now that's an answer I love. <laughs> when you get excited about it, you're like, that's the one. It's the little things though, the little things that, they, that, that mean a lot. Uh, and I'll twist this a little bit on its head. What brands do you trust? Which brands do I trust? Interestingly, I do trust Google. Even with the whole information data mining and stuff that's going on, I do trust them. We'll see if that's going to stay like that because we know that has changed with other companies too. Yeah, that's the only one that, that kind of pops in my head right now. Um, again, it, it, trusting, it comes down to just my experience. It's like when I look around, yes, I am drawn to certain brands, if I would necessarily say I trust them, I'm more of a people truster rather than a brand truster because the CEO changes and suddenly a company changes its path. I think that's fair. I think that's most of us relate to trusting people rather than a business. And where is some place that people can find Evie? We talked about this a little bit earlier, but where are you active on social media? Where should people go to find you overall? The easiest way to find me is at askeb.com. You got all the links there. Um, you can find more personal stuff on my Instagram stories, a couple of posts on my regular Instagram feed. I got my Facebook page that's going on. And again, all the how-to and lesson learned stuff is videos on YouTube. Awesome. And I do want to wrap with one question which is what's next for Evie? After the planner's done and you've sold a million copies, like what's next? What's the big audacious goal after the planner? World domination. Now, the big thing for me personally is really getting more out there. I want to be on stage. The, the only way I can really impact people and get people to understand that tomorrow isn't a given and that we need to bulletproof your businesses is from a stage. And because I like the ego boost. It's nice being up there and having people listen to you. Yeah, it's the connection. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. 
Well, thank you for coming on the show today. It's been a blast. I appreciate your time. I appreciate what you're doing out there for entrepreneurs. Uh, and just, I'm, I'm glad that we ran into each other and uh, got to know each other a little bit better. So thank you. Thanks for having me today. You've just taken your marketing knowledge to another level with this episode of Brands on Brands on Brands. But we have plenty more ways to not just help you build a business, but build a brand. Head over to brandandbrands.com for more resources, as well as access to our blogs, videos, and exclusive coaching sessions with your host. Be sure to visit brandandbrands.com.